And now, detailing success in PNS Double Black present the Rennie Doyle Podcast, a podcast for blue-collar entrepreneurs. Hosted by the detailer of Air Force One and founder of both detailing success and the detail mafia, Rennie Doyle. What's up? It's been a bit. Hey, hey there. Yeah, we, we've been busy. We've been on the road. Uh, I, was, I was telling a few people that in the chat. Um, you know, I think there was one week we had tech issues, all that kind of stuff. It all just added up to a little break. Oh, yeah. No, we did. We had that one, the one week, man. I had nothing. The computers, I mean, internet, everything Pin, was just pinwheels screwed, screwed up. So good to be back. But I think since we've been back, I mean, I can't even keep track of it. I mean, we were in Chicago, then we were in New York, and then we've been, we had what, four events last week. We got three more events next week. We had, we had a one day training up here. We had a distributors event up here. We had another five day up here. We're in the middle of a five day right now. Yep. Um, yeah. So it's uh, well, before we get started, so we're in the middle of a five day and I've got I've got five great guys here. One of them's uh, one of our interns that's helping out with the training. I want them to come up, and introduce themselves They're a good, great group uh, today. And tomorrow's my favorite day of the training. Friday closes it out. Friday actually is because we get to get to eat my uh, grandma's lasagna uh, <laughs> recipe Um but hey, Chris, I've got good news and better news. Uh, what, so, good Diane, news is Diane already made cookies. Well, Diane already made cookies, so you missed out on the first batch. But Diane's making more cookies on Friday. So there you go. Good news and better news because <laughs> I asked her the cookies go over pretty pretty good cookies, aren't they? Uh, I asked her. I said, "Hey, man, can you start making this batch Sunday night?" And uh, she beat that. She made them Monday night, so they were warm when she came out. So it was pretty good. Wow. Yeah. So special treat. It is. So hey, today we're going to talk about uh, right before we introduce these guys is uh, financial freedom or financial independence, whatever you want to call it. Um, is and and it's it's really based off of a series we're starting in the mafia for mafia members, where we're bringing in. Um, I, I've got confirmation of some multi multi millionaires coming in. I'm trying to get a billionaire or two to come in and talk about their journey. Believe it or, believe it or not, these two billionaires uh, that, that I know, both of them started out pretty poor, like really poor. Uh, one of them started out with a, a pretty rough uh, upbringing and uh, was a dad at 14 years old. And so, but yet uh, he had the, the fortitude uh, to go out and make it and uh, pretty incredible. So we're going to try to get him uh, to come in if, I think he's going to, fingers crossed. But uh, we're going to share some information with you today and just the outline of that. But in the meantime, I want these fellas to come up and introduce them real quick because they're uh, they're the heart of my week this week, and uh, we're uh, we're pretty proud of them so far. So get up here. What's up, everybody? I'm Jeff Ashton, Gloss Pro Auto Spa, Jacksonville, Florida. If you're on the fence about coming out here, sales mode for Rennie, do it. Don't don't think anymore. Okay, Thanks. I did not pay him. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not not yet. yet. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Andres Quintero from Mesa, Arizona. Uh, so far, it's been good. Uh, looking forward to learning more. Uh, nice to meet you guys. Yeah. Um, Chris Blaisdell, on-site Utah to Utah. And we almost have to adjust the camera for you because yeah. you're tall. <laughs> How you doing? Yeah. Murray Smalls out of Charleston, South Carolina, with Executive Auto Luxury and Exotic Detail. There you go. Right all right, how's it going, everyone? I'm Jacob Knox. Um, I'm from sunny Carlsbad, California, and I'm interning for this week. And yeah, I hope you guys are doing well. There you part time for FedEx. There you go. So yeah, part time worker for FedEx. <laughs> you know, right here. Yeah. 
Something about something about Magic Mike and his middle name for his OnlyFans page. I don't know. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. So uh, you're in the garage, Chris. Yeah, well, you know, I figured, um, <clears throat> honestly, I was tired of being in my bedroom. And uh, I figured the rest of the world was probably tired of seeing my bedroom. Yeah. So, you know, I've been working on the garage the last month, uh, trying to get it cleaned up, cleaned out, and put back in shape. And I'm, I'm almost done with it. And uh, I got some uh, internet extended out here yesterday, so it's nice and strong. So here wow. I am. There you go. Well, hey, for those that um, – I got a lot of calls the last 10 days, and I'm going to try not to get emotional – um, show's dedicated to Boomer. So our dog Boomer passed away 10 days ago um, peacefully um, at home. There's a picture of him right there. It's a boy. Um, if you have a soul, that means a lot to you. I just love it because uh, um, Boomer showed us endless love. He's, he saved our dogs. I can't tell you how many times by killing coyotes. Um, we're hoping that the spirit hangs around here because we've got a lot of coyotes and they never came around. Um, because if they dared to get in the, the, the yard, he'd kill them. He just, uh, three weeks before he passed away, he killed another one, uh, at almost 15 years old. So, um, you know, just an amazing, uh, I appreciate so many people reaching out and, uh, and showing their support. He's a huge part of our family for a long time. He was a rescue and took, took him and I a couple, three, four years to kind of accept each other, you know, and I found out we're probably more alike than what we thought. Both of us started out a little, a little rough and uh, we'd, we'd bite and see him right here as he knew how to high five and fist pump. And uh, he would use that against me because I'd come out of a five day training beat, you know, at night and he'd come up and fist pump me until I took him for a walk. So he had 1109 walks um, in 13 months and he had a heart condition. So uh, about three years ago, I promised him I wouldn't miss a walk as long as I was home. Uh, we missed six in three years. Um, and, uh, we caught up with that in the last 13 months when he, when his heart was really going bad. So he, uh, he, uh, fell asleep, uh, after a nice big meal and, uh, he, he, uh, he's waiting for us up at the top. So boom, see you on the backside. Appreciate, uh, appreciate your love and, uh, excited to once, once again, see you. So here we go. What does financial independence mean? You know, um, it's uh, it's really financial freedom doesn't happen overnight. But here, here's the thing is that it starts now. So whether you're young, if you're young, I was just telling these guys, some of these, you know, all of them are much younger than I am. But, you know, you put five thousand dollars away a year for the next 15, 20 years, especially 20 years, five grand a year, not a month, not a, a year. I mean, do the math on that. And believe it or not, it sounds like a big task. It, it's really not. Uh, I'd keep a part-time job if you couldn't do it uh, is that I did it, but I stopped, I stopped about 10 years in and I, I wish I wouldn't have you do that for, you know, 15, 20 years, you're damn near a millionaire just by putting that away just for 15 years, do it for longer. You will be a millionaire and you'll have a nice nest egg set up for, you know, either if you want to hang it up and go do fun stuff earlier in life. Um, but you know, just something like that. Now, if you're older, and, you know, and you're in the 50s, 40s, or 50s, you're going to have to get on it, right? You're going to have to – you've got some time to catch up. You're going to have to put a lot more than, than, than five grand a year away. You know, it's going to be a lot more. And so we're going to talk about that. And, and um, you know, the quicker you wake up and make the changes, the more freedom you're going to realize straight up is that, you know, financial freedom means different things to different people. Um, I can tell you this, wealthy and comfortable people, when you meet somebody that's very – either wealthy 
and and I don't mean wealthy as is in maybe they don't have two million bucks in the bank, but they don't have a lot of debt. They've got a lot of uh, put they put they got a lot of money put aside, but everything around them is is paid for. Is they don't carry that debt. You know they've got a house, um, it's paid for. Uh, they've got they've got investments. Um, those people when you're around them are liberating because they are so creative and so at peace and so comfortable. When you get into a stressful situation and you put yourself behind, behind the eight ball, when you, when, when you stress yourself out and you're not financially free and you're kind of locked down is a lot of things happen. A lot of people think for me, it was a motivator. I mean, it was an early motivator to get out of that. And it still is, is that it's still a motivator, but, um, it's, it clogs up a lot of things too. There's a lot of cause and effect to things. So um, cre- uh, when, when, when a person is financial free and they don't have that cloudiness in their head and they don't have that worry on their back, is what, what happens is, is that they become really creative. And then it seems like, and I think we all know these people, it seems like success after success after opportunity after opportunity follows them. And it's just around them. It seems like they're constantly falling into something. They're not falling into something. Is that they set themselves up and they followed an SOP and they started t- taking realizing that them being healthy is everything, right? But what happens is that 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 freedom actually allows you to even capture more freedom. Is that when you're when it's cloudy and it's controlled chaos with your finances, is a lot of things go wrong. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you right now, it is a motivator you know been there done that what happens too is is when you start getting that that stress is there's a lot of things that happen is that it, it can it can take your confidence and flush it down the toilet okay and it takes your abilities to look at an opportunity and you may not you might have opportunities hit up but because your your finances aren't in line is that it might flush a lot of those those opportunities completely away from your reach you know um it it it's it's an it's a creativity killer is that that not having financial freedom, the opposite of having financial handcuffs on you, is it kills, it kills your creativeness. It kills your confidence. Um, your, medical, your mental and physical health is damaged, straight up, straight up. And so, I, you know, I've got, I've got a really good friend. I won't mention his name right now. And he's got a really, he's a very spiritual guy. He's got a very good outlook is that he's by no means a wealthy person or a rich person by the world's terms. But if you look how he controls his time and how he owns his time with his family and how he owns his time with himself, he's very into physical fitness. He eats very healthy, but he does all of that within his means, below his means. Even though even though he's still, he's, he's got by a lot of the world's standards is he's just barely making it. He's not. He's very comfortable in his position financially. He doesn't have any wants or needs. He's got money in the bank, but he doesn't have a real, real fancy lifestyle. Now, we see he's in the industry. I see him at almost every single event. He's vested into it. But the way he lives, you're not going to see fancy cars with big payments. You're not going to see him overextend himself with a house he shouldn't have. He knows what he is and what he isn't. And he's one of the most comfortable individuals I'm ever around. And here's the thing is when, he, when I'm around him and other people around him is that what happens is that attitude is osmosis. It starts coming on you. 
every time I'm around him, I'm realizing, man, I don't. It's it's wants versus needs. This guy's totally comfortable with 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 taking and providing for his his needs. He doesn't have a lot of wants. His wants are freedom of time, freedom of choice. He owns his time. How many of us can say that? You know, well, a lot of us get into to entrepreneurship so we don't have a boss. Now, you got 300 bosses. If you got clients, you got 300 bosses. You got to kind of jump when they say jump, right? He's definitely into that arena, but he's got a smaller pool of clients, so less people have control. Now, it's not a control thing. It's not him being macho or, or anything else. It's about him living the life he wants to live. Now, on the other spectrum, I've got a friend of mine that's a billionaire, a billionaire, self-made billionaire. Um, his life was chaotic. Getting there was a rough ride. He started very, very at the bottom, not highly educated. He had to educate himself. We were just talking about that just a little while ago. He made himself a smart man. Okay, He'll tell you straight out. It takes him three or four tries. Everything he does takes him a while to learn. Man, I've watched him in action. No, it doesn't. He observes, he observes. It takes him three or four tries to perfect it. It's that he's real observant of things. Okay, And so the things that you want to do is 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 keep yourself centered. What is your wants and needs in life? You know, the one thing we just talked about, my dog Boomer passed away. None of us are escaping that. Is <laughs> I remember there's a couple actors, Steve McQueen said it, nobody's escaping this place. We all have the same outcome. You know, none of us, you know, none of us. Boomer, my dog, was so tough. One of the toughest souls I've ever met. I mean, this dude, the pain, uh, the pain tolerance, his, his zeal is when he went after a coyote, you know, I mean, just honestly for a while there, I was like, man, dude, this might be, is this the Holy grail of, of a soul that's just not going to know how to die? We honestly is that he had gone through so much that in the last couple of years that I, he didn't know how to die. He didn't know what the meaning was to quit. He wasn't going to quit on us. Even during his death, what we think happened was is that he was relaxed. He knew I was nervous around him that I wanted to take care of him. And I think when we went out of town, I think he relaxed. He went to sleep and he accidentally died. He had that much fortitude that when I was around is that he did not want to take and upset me. And I don't think he knew how to put it down, man. It's unreal, right? And that's some strength. That's some courage is listen. In my early days, I was a reckless, crazy dude, man. And I don't mean reckless as in financial. I mean that, I would see a challenge. I wanted to get out of where I was so bad. I'd do anything. Um, I chased life the same way. Search and rescue. I was going to send. I was going to send Chris a, a a picture I found randomly last night when I was preparing for this of me coming off a two hundred foot bridge with a mountain bike strapped over my back, rappelling down it. And I was like, "What the hell was I thinking?" Is that that attitude though? Is it got me where I was? Is that I realized that that I was building up not just it, my financial future and investing in it, you know, is that I was building up my fortitude. I was building up what Boomer had, the guts to move on even during pain. Is your pain in life is not going to get easier. As you reach more successes, those are actually going to get harder. But hopefully you have the, the knowledge and input from others that it makes it easier. You can handle it better. Does that make sense? And so realize we all have a starting point. In the early years, I'm going to tell you, man, those, those struggling points is maybe where you're at right now. Maybe where you're at. Or you're in a heavy growth mode. And you're looking at it and it's like, God, oh, man, I'm just grinding it. I'm just hitting it. When's this going to lighten up? Man, no, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. 
take right now, if you're in that mode and you're kind of getting a little like burned out, just close your eyes and take a snap picture, take a Polaroid picture of that moment. Because when you get to another level, another platform in life, you're going to look back in those moments with a smile. Right now, you might be frowning a little bit, but I'll tell you, there's part of it. We're talking about this earlier. There's times when I take a risk, risk to where it's like, okay, this could cost me something. And there's a little piece of me that goes, bring it. I like the challenge. I don't like to be comfortable. You know, a little discomfort is comfortable for me. Okay. And when you get comfortable, that's scary. Right now, when you get comfortable and you're in the spot, you know, there's the difference. A lot of people don't know how to take and dim that switch down and slow it down. You don't need to take, I've never taken my foot, never put the brakes on in life. Never. And anything, never shove the brakes on, take my foot off the accelerator a little bit. But even that I kept it on cruise control, you know, is that even when I'm off, even when I'm on a vacation or something like that, it's on, it's there. It's, in, it's, it's running. It's a whole nother set of gears. It's like a second transmission. You know, I got the engine, I got the training and cruise control, but there's like, I developed another set of gears and another little engine that's on the backside. That's kind of like a generator where it's just humming along and keeping all that going. It's in that background. You know, I'm taking notes. You know, I got, I got thousands and thousands of notes on my phone and on my computer, thousands of them, thousands. Because when I, I hear somebody, or I see something or I see somebody that, that motivates me or there's a, there's a piece of them that I respect. I note it. I also journal every day. Three things. This is important for financial freedom. Every day, when I woke up this morning before I did a single thing, I wrote down three things I appreciated about yesterday. Three things I appreciate about yesterday. Here's why. Is when I look back over those notes, at the end of every month, I go back and read every single day. Every single day I read it back and I'm like, oh man, look what I'm, what, look what I've got. So a lot of times when you appreciate where you're at, even if you're struggling, when you go back and you see joy in your life, is that even when you're struggling, even when you're building, what that does is it sets a better mindset. It allows you to appreciate where you've been, even during struggles, because you go back, here's what it does. Here's what it did for me, at least. When I started journaling those th three things of appreciation, Okay, is I'd go through tough times, right? Real tough times, losses, you know, human losses, uh, soul losses, financial losses, uh, victory losses, you know, game losses, you know, when I was an athlete, all these different things is I'd look at, at the end of the month and I'm like, hey, man, I'm victorious. I got through that stuff and I had happiness every one of those days. It changes your mindset. You go from being a victim to victorious. Is that we're not a victim. And believe it or not, that's got a lot to do with your financial freedom. And so now, time frame for this plan is that what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to be real first off. What's my situation? Where am I right now? If I pull this trigger and whatever I'm thinking, or if I start right now, if I'm starting it, it doesn't matter if you're 20 or if you're 70. What's my situation right now? And what do I do to, to, to need to get to that financial freedom spot that I want? What, what do I have to do? Be, be real with yourself, okay? From there is my map out your goals. What I mean is I'm going to envision my goals and write them down, you know? And I'm not going to write a list. I showed you guys mind mapping. If you don't know what it is, go check it out. It is game-changing. Some people might dig it or not dig it. Um, I love it. It's the way it, I run my entire life off of it now is mind mapping everything. Even a mission. We go on a mission. 
I'm mapping it out, man. I'll sit there and go, bam, what could go wrong? You know, is we say something in, in search and rescue in the military, the first thing to fail is the plan. It's the very first thing to fail. And so I'll go through and man, this, this, this is uh, Oscar calls it um, backwards planning, you know, start the back and work your way forward. Right. So a lot of that now, now build a plan to make your financial freedom reality. Okay. Build a plan. Now, part of that is go hire a financial advisor. We've done that as several times during our career. Now we just, we just, we've really hooked onto ours and are listening to ours heavy in the last five, well, 10 years, 10 years. But what happened is, is that, we got to a point probably 12, 13, 14 years ago to where we weren't using, you know, we were putting our money away and we were paying our bills, but we still had a little excess. How my buddy that's has a really good life, same situation. Some people couldn't live off that because they live too big for themselves. Right. So what we did is I said, hold on, man, we can't just spend this money. So I went back to him and I said, what do we, what, what hold on. I, I mean, I hate to say this, but, I'm making more than what I need. And they go, okay, good. So what we're going to do is put and start up a medical savings plan before taxes. No reason to pay taxes on that if you're not using it. What we're going to do is start a Roth. What we're going to do is take and bring your kids in and start working your kids in the business as a tax deduct, you know, deduction. What we're going to do is they, they just laid it out. And then as I progressed is that they'd say, okay, we think that now is that your income's, you know, slowly going up, you know, it just keeps climbing, right? Now we think that you can do this, this, and this too. What do you think? It's like, yeah, let's do it. That's what you want to do. Is everybody looks at what's the bigger shop going to get you? What's the what's the reward? What's the risk versus the reward? You know, the SWOT analysis. You know, what what what, what could go wrong with this? I always believed in, in in living and doing business on a more basic level. Is that I didn't need to do a flex, you know, and 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 show my muscle with the shops and stuff unless I owned it. Simple as that. Um, lose the debt. When you start this plan, lose the debt. There is good debt, but if you're not where you want to be, if you're struggling right now and you're just barely, you know, you're getting by, you're paying the bills, but that's about it. There, right now, there is no good debt. You got to lose the debt. Lose the debt. It's now I'm fighting with my, our financial advisor because I just want to pay shit off. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to owe anything on anything. And they're like, hold on, wait, wait. You know, you got, you, you got to, you got to have some deductions right you're going to get nailed tax wise so there's there's a fine there's a fine line there right of what what the poor me says pay this off and don't have any of that but the the people my advisors are saying no 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 you're okay just keep on the track you're going and and listen to us and so so far i've been able to to take and not do a knee jerk and 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 go against their will is that again their goal is to take and make me more financial freedom more independence more more where I can say, hey, this is where I want to go. This is what I want to do. Uh, from there is build up the maximum amount of savings you can. Listen, if you can take and have in savings one year's worth of total needs for your business and you, you're in a good position. An entire year. What's it costing you? What's, what, what's your burn rate? How much every day does it cost you just to stay alive? And a lot of people will look at that, but they don't look at their true business. If you've got staff. If you want to keep them alive for a year, something happens to you, you get sick, you get injured. Say you want to take off and leave. Just go for six months. I mean, I don't see how you can do it as an entrepreneur in, in a service business. I think that's tough. But let's say you want to do it. I'm, I'm not saying you can't. We got I got friends that do it. But they've got a real small staff and they've got a real big savings. And so 
that's your goal right there is one year, one year. And then why not go for two? If you get to that, why not go for two? Why not go for three? But what I'm going to do is be careful on that one too, because if I get to that one year now, what I'm going to probably start doing is putting a lot of that because I'm paying taxes on that. It's savings. You need it, but I'm paying taxes on it. And so what, what, once I get to that point and I've got that nice nest egg that I know that I'm probably never going to touch is now what I'll start doing is all the, the pre-tax dollar stuff. Now, some of you might say, you know, Jacob, 20 years old, right? You might be saying, man, what are you talking about? I started this when I was 19. Start putting money away is that, again, you're going to hit 40 and you're going to be in such a comfortable position. And you're going to look back and that money that you struggle to put away now is going to be nothing. You're going to say, God, I should have doubled it. You're at, you are. You're going to say, I wish I would have doubled it. I could have done it. Why didn't I? And so we know people in that position. I could have. Why didn't I double it? Because I didn't, had nobody telling me this right then, back then. I had nobody standing up. The other thing was, remember that wild risk taker, is that I was constantly willing to burn through that savings to go after adventure in life and adventure in business. So I wish I would hold on, hold on. You know, just, just take your foot off that accelerator for a second, young man. Let's take a look at this, man. Do you have enough savings that this amount of investment and this opportunity won't hurt you? And the answer was no. I didn't. I should have kept saving more than went after the opportunity. And I can tell you one particular opportunity I had. We were successful at it. We ran out of money. If I would have had more money set aside and just waited another two, three years, that plan would have been successful and I would have been at a whole different platform now. But I wasn't patient. You've got to be patient. This is going to be a long race. And so you got to look at it that way. Um, buy real estate. Real, real quick, I got a good question that came up, and, and maybe your real estate lead in here will will fit. But uh, Jeff at Fast Eddie's asked, asked, "What uh, what do you see as good debt in your opinion?" Oh, real estate, definitely real estate. No, investing in your investing in your um, investing into your to your you know people look at investing in your company. I don't if you're if you're using credit card debt to advance your company, that's bad debt. Now, do you use credit cards? Use credit cards every day. Um, I have a zero balance on my credit cards. I have for 30 years. I don't carry balance on my credit cards. Well, okay. zero carryover balance. Yeah, zero carryover balance. There's yeah. there isn't. I don't I every month, every two weeks, I pay I pay, I try to pay them every two weeks. Uh, what that does is two things is that it builds up your credit. Um strongly and then also keeps you out of debt I, proper credit cards is good improper is not and so but carrying it over um real estate you know investing in your real estate uh investing in savings investing in in, in medical savings um but bad debt is anything that you're going to pay you know okay a vehicle if when your accountant says you need to buy this that's that's good debt when your accountant says you don't need that that's bad debt so if you can't write it off, literally, I look at everything and I have for a long time. Can I write this off? You know, can I write this off? Matter of fact, Chris doesn't even know this. We're arranging a, a vacation for him and his wife right now. No lie. We finally have got dates set. Him and his wife, I'm skipping over him. I'm dealing with his wife. We're looking at. And so I had a, a conversation last week with our with our, our CPA. And I said, hey, this is what I'm doing for, for Chris. How, how I want to make sure I can write this off. And she goes, okay. Walk me through what you're doing. And so I did. And so she's going to get back to me exactly how to structure it. 
what to, how to pay for it, what account to pay it out of is, is I go to her as an advisor, because if I don't now and I do it the wrong way and I can't write it off, that's that was, even though it's not debt, it was a bad investment. You follow me? Yeah. So basically, okay. So I'll give you a great illustration. I had a, I had a seven year old truck and two years ago, 2021, almost two years ago, exactly right now. Um, is that uh, I'd been looking at trucks and I called my accountant up every year. We'd have a, we'd have a, a, a crash meeting and, and go through and say, okay, what do I need to do for this next tax year? And so I would always say, do I need any investments? And she would say, yeah, here's stuff that you could spend money on. And here's how much you need to spend uh, by such and such date. And so the truck thing kept coming up. Do I need a truck? Now nah, you're good. Now nah, you're good. You don't need one. And so and two years ago, she calls me up right now, two years ago. And she goes, go buy a truck. And I said, I don't want a truck. I don't want the debt. And she goes, go buy a truck. You need to spend 65,000 bucks. And I was like, Man, I, I don't want a $65,000 truck. And she goes, okay, so here's you're going to have. You're going to have a $65,000 bill from the IRS. So do you want a truck? And I said, I'll go look at trucks. Go figure that out. Good debt, right? She, she told me how, that I needed that write-off, that, that we needed to take and have something there. Um, even if, if you, I don't know if you guys can see it, there's a, there's a Jeep here. We needed a shop truck. So that was a, that was a, it's not a debt. It was just a, an investment. So, you know, not just when you buy things, like you've got to make sure that everything I buy and, and even things, the business buys things that we can utilize in dual and dual purposes in our life and in business. Now I use it hundred percent business. See where I'm going? hundred percent business. So if the IRS is listening, 100% business. Um, before tax dollar investments, again. By, by the way, they're always listening. They are. They are. <laughs> um, even real estate, you've got to be careful even on buying real estate. You know, is that can you, are you going to turn that into an asset or a liability? Because you might look at it. The big thing right now as I talk to everybody is is they're, they're doing this Airbnb thing, right? Well, man, if the economy slows down, are people be going to be taking vacations as much? Whereas buying your shop, that's your place of business. So if I was going to be looking at, if you know, if, if I was looking at an Airbnb or buying my shop, well, you're leasing a shop now. Why don't you go buy it instead of an Airbnb? Because you're going to use that every month. And so um, that's huge. That's absolutely huge. Now, another way to look at this is that we put all our students in a hotel here locally. So what we're looking at doing is buying a home, put you guys in it, you know, the, 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 the six nights, right? Um, and then Airbnb in it out the rest of the time is that allows us to possibly even make money off the property, not just cover the, 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 the mortgage. That's a, that's, that's the way to look at things, right? Uh, income property. If you've got something hot is that, you know, Diane and I invest in raw land. We've got some raw land, right? It's just sitting there. It's a savings account. It's, it's, I've never had, I've, it's gone down in value, but over a 10 year period, I've never had land, not, not doubled and it's just sitting there, you know, and, and it's a great investment. Um, don't wait, make it happen now. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're young or old is that you've got to start now. You've got to look at your realities. The more comfortable you are, the more successes you're going to have. And so keeping that initial is, is even is, is how I looked at it when I was younger is when we, when we launched the businesses, how Diane and I both did it is that we, we looked at where we mapped it out. Okay. Here's our reality right now. We've got three kids. We've got a business. We're thinking about starting this other one. 
is Diane, do you give up your part-time job? You know, do you give up your night job where you're making one to $300 a night, you know, waiting tables at a high-end restaurant? And she loved it. She didn't mind doing it. It was a great escape. But do we have, give you, do you give up that position to help run that business? And the answer was no. What I did is I doubled down. I took a little time away from the detailing company. I put that time into the other company and we ran that for about six months. And finally, that, that business took off and Diane had to, it, she had to, it was a must. She had to, she had to, she had to quit that position. And so even looking at things that way, that creates financial freedom is that we weren't stressing ourselves by doing that and, and evaluating it. So we're going to go through, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the series we're doing. And the reason I want to talk about it is I want to give everybody listening kind of an opportunity to really think about these things. And this thing's not totally laid out, but it, it all starts in your mind is that your financial freedom is that you taking and and realizing your facts is my, one of my facts I'll share. I'm not really good. I'm not a big spender. If I'm going to spend on anything, it's vehicles. You know, that I'm bad at, you know, and and and, and our CPA and our bookkeeper are constantly launching. Okay. At our end of month meeting, they always ask me, okay, uh, any stupid plans for cars? It's exactly what they say to me. Uh, no, I've got my automotive habit. It's the lowest it's been in forever right now because I don't want to grab automobiles. I want to grab real estate, you know, is, is, is if this thing so, does slow down, I want to grab, I want to grab wealth. Um, envisioning that financial freedom. You know, we talked earlier about what you say, what you whisper, what comes out of your mouth about yourself becomes fact internally and externally. And so if you can't see yourself in that financial place, you won't get to that financial place. Um, now, it's going to take time. And so don't envision, you know, if you're 25 years old and you say, man, you know, I want a 911 RS3 and I want a 4,000 square foot house and I want my shop to be uh, 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 5,000 square feet uh, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a million dollars in the bank and I'm going to travel all over the world. Um, good luck. I hope, you're in an, I hope you're in an industry. I don't know. I don't know of any industry that's going to allow you to get that, get there that fast. You know, there's some YouTubers and other things, young people saying it doesn't happen, but for most of us, that's just not a reality. And you got to do it. Now, if you face realities and you put a plan together, it could happen, but you got to vision it and you got to be real with your time. Uh, one of the billionaire friends of mine is he did do it. He came up through the ranks pretty quick. He became a millionaire very, very, very young, but, his cost was a marriage and a family, you know, so there's a cause and effect to everything. Um, the early years, I'm going to talk about those early years, about laying those foundations down, you know, the smart things to do, the not so smart things to do, the smart debt, the, the dumb debt, all those different things. Um, mentoring and coaching is you got to find somebody. If you're taking, if you're taking input from friends that are broke, you know, and getting, Hey man, what do you guys think about this business? Dude, first off, they don't want you to succeed. They're stuck at a dead end. Okay, I even had family like that. They don't want me to succeed. Didn't want to. I had one brother told me, dude, this is a waste of time. Why are you wasting your time out here? Go do something legit. Come on, let's go screw around. He's like, no, you go screw around. I'm going to build this thing up. You know, and I did. And he's blown away still to this day, you know. But is I had the fortitude to do it. Um, again, realizing your debt situation is get out of debt. You know, Dave Ramsey, man, if you guys aren't, if you're in debt, get up, you need to start listening to Dave Ramsey every day. You know, uh, I'm not in debt, but I still listen to Dave Ramsey every day. I read Dave Ramsey. I watch Dave Ramsey. Um, 
it's it's huge. It's it's a game changer. Um, development of financial habits, huge. Financial habits is just is is you know they say if you do things twelve to fifteen times it becomes a habit. You know is that repeat, repeat, repeat. So I'm not good at managing money. So I've got a bookkeeper and a CPA that that help me with that. You know they keep me. I'm not good at that. Is that just not, I'm good at bringing income in, but I'm not good at knowing where to put it. You know so. It's not that expensive. It sounds, I mean, it's, if you go to dinner four times a, a month, a nice dinner, you can pay for that. Stop going to dinner, you know, start getting some financial advisement going. Um, goals and purchases, goals tied to purchases. That's even more important is that again, is that your goals and purchases, what equipment's going to make you allow you to get in there? What, 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 what is it going to take to have you own your shop? Um, I'll tell you a story really quickly is that even, even in, in our shop, but a good friend of mine, Craig McKay up in, in Washington, he owned his property and he had a shop going, you know, detailing shop uh, on his property. And he called me a few years ago and he goes, Hey man, I got a question for you. Detailing company's going great, but my complex is completely leased out. And I got somebody that wants to lease out these two bays. My net, on the lease is going to be exactly the same as my net on the company. What should I do? And I said, I would be selling your detailing company and putting somebody in there because what's he got to do with that? He's got to collect money. That's it. With the detailing shop, he was managing people and the headaches go along with it. He built up such a successful operation and business that he owned the property. His property was making him more money than work was. Okay. Mike Liebing, another friend of mine, same exact story, same thing here. One of these days, this property is going to be worth more per month than what I make training. Think about that for a second. You know, um, Rick Walling up in Oregon, he owns his shop. We're the same, same exact age. One of these days, he's not going to want to work anymore, you know, uh, or he's going to want to work part time. Is The secret to his success is he could sell that detailing company or even give it away to his employee. Or employees, give it to them. You do a ten-year lease on the building. Building's paid for, so why why would you not just go ahead and just gift somebody? The I, I mean, they're going to have skin in the game. Let's say the company's bringing in you know three four hundred thousand dollars a year. I'm going to say, look at man, you want to buy this thing? I need fifty thousand cash over the next five years. Is that you're going to make a monthly payment to me, not out of your check? Is that you're going to make a monthly payment when you get done with those payments? That's the down payment. You're taking over this business. And you're taking over the lease and you're going to run it out of there. They tied smart, smart financial decisions to their business and investments to their business so that even if their business doesn't go on, that real estate goes on making the money. But you got to be smart with it. What's available to you? What tools? What people? Who's going to mentor and coach you through? If you've never done anything like this is you got to learn it from somebody. You know, you got to go through and ask ask for assistance. Is that tribal knowledge is 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 a great thing, but a lot of times people are going to the wrong tribe members. You know, is that they're going to people they're comfortable with that's in their same situation. I don't take advice from people in my same situation. My first advice is from people way above my situation. That that can see things I've never seen before and gone through things I've never gone through. Um, what's available to you? Who's available to you? And then. Um, Go through and ask people, successful people. We're all around them. We have successful people all around us. Is what's three things I should be doing right now? 
But if you're not willing to be truthful with people, this is the other big thing. We find all the time, especially in service businesses, people's lying to themselves. They're not being truthful of what they're really taking home. They're not being truthful about that they're stressed out beyond, that they're set to their limits, that they're just they're, they're ready to crack because the stress is so intense. They're not truthful. They've got too big of an operation. They got the wrong people in the right positions, you know, so they got people, they got a position, but it's just not a good tie in, you know, and they're struggling with that. So all these different things is you got to look at and then elevated experience is I am constantly looking at elevating my experience is what I'm trying to gain. I'm trying to gain knowledge, more know how uh, from people that have done this before I did. Some of those people are younger than me. Many of them are older. Most of them are older. But we've got people now that are doing things within service businesses, blue-collar entrepreneurs that are far wealthier than my generation of entrepreneurs, far wealthier. And knowledge, know-how, and wealth, all of them, far, 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 far wealthier. So with that is that, you know, this is a topic that we could go into. We could spend weeks, days. You can go get a college degree, a master's degree in this stuff, you know? I mean, it's pretty insane. But I'll tell I you had the a, I had a good question come up if we want to try okay. and work on it. Um, more of a what would you do kind of thing. But if you had a goal of uh, that you wanted to save $10,000, how would you start? And, what you know, how would you do it? How would so, you accomplish it? It's, it, that's a great, that was okay. My goal is a, a maybe even, maybe even start smaller, maybe start with $5,000. So my first winter, we started, we, we launched our company on April 2nd was my first detail. And so my goal was, as I said, okay, by September, I've got to have five grand in, in the bank. And so what I decided to do is I said, I'm going to take 25% of every job I do and put it in the bank. Well, it quickly became evident that I was pretty, I was pretty busy right off the bat that summer that I was going to go way past that. I was going to, I was going to be able to hit five grand, not easy, but it wasn't going to be near as difficult as I thought. So I changed that to 10 grand. And by, by, by the end of September, I didn't hit first of September, by the end of September, I had a little over $10,000 just in savings. Um, then the next year, what I did is I used, I used a good portion of that just to stay alive during the wintertime. You know, I tried not to touch it, but I had to, I had to touch probably seven grand of that. So the next year I said, okay, Man, I did that pretty easy. I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't easy, but I put it away. So can now can I get twenty grand in the bank? And we did. We hit twenty grand. So every and this is this is really important. Basic working class people that take a large percentage of their income and put it away become wealthy. But it takes it takes a career for them to do it. But if you took and, and, and did that, is just every single job you took is that, you know, I, I never like, I'm not a cash business. I know a lot of people run on cash, right? Is that, A, I just didn't want to get in trouble with the government, you know, tax-wise. B, is I knew that my company was going to have value. I knew I was going to want to buy real estate. I knew I was going to want to buy other companies. Is that if you take that cash out, it's not going towards your business. You, you're not viable. Is, is, is the banks aren't going to look at you good. And you say, oh, yeah, but I have all this cash business. Let me tell you, there's a, there was a business that just sold here in town, and they're strongly a cash business. Is the new owners of that business got suckered? Is that they, they got taken? Is that the amount of cash that, 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 that the seller said they're bringing in 
wasn't factual. They started running the numbers after they bought it. And unfortunately, they didn't figure that out until afterwards, right? Is I want my I want my business to look good on 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 paper uh, to the banks and everything else because I had a bigger plan. Now, somebody hands me two hundred dollars every once in a while. It's a nice little seed money, right? You know, it's nice to go out and take your wife wife or significant other out to a nice meal or something like that. But I didn't strive to get cash. I really wanted it to go through my my business. Then what I do is in my business account is I take twenty five percent out every single time. We, we still we we we've we've done that our entire careers. Is that every time Every time we get paid, I'll do it every payment now, but at, at the end of the month, I always figure out what it was and I stick, I stick, I stick it aside. I stick it aside. I stick it aside. And before you know it, your goal is $10,000. And the next thing you know is you've got $100,000 in the bank. Now, the tendency for a blue collar is to go spend it. The tendency is don't. Don't touch it. Keep that nest egg there. Act like it's not there. Now start up a separate account. That's your investment account. That's where you're going to invest in your knowledge, your skills, your education, products, equipment, and future endeavors. But that original savings there, that one-year savings, that doesn't get touched. It's a whole separate account. I still feed it, but maybe what I'll do is once you get that to that to that nice big chunk of, 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 of rainy day fund, is maybe what I'll do is 12.5%. I'm still going to take 25% out of every job I do. 12.5% is going to that one. 12.5% is going to my investment, my investment side of the house. And so that, there it is. Start out small. A lot of people hit, I like to sit big goals, but the first thing I want to do on financial side is, is have some money stuck away is, and you got to be real with your ability. Now, if you're out there and you're cranking out, you know, 20, $30,000 a week in income, well, you need, you need to do a little more than that. So it's just depending on your situation, but when we all start out, it's pretty modest starting. It's not common that we go out and have, you know, massive, massive weeks like we do. And you got to also figure out this is when you're just starting out, is that you're going to have the honeymoon period. Everybody's going to want to help you. You also got a lot of energy going for your, your business. You're spending a lot more hours. Is You're going to wear down. You're going to want to time off. And the honeymoon's going to be over. People, you're going to go through your, your sphere of influence pretty quick, you know. And once that's done, now, now it's you got to go to new hunting grounds, and you don't know that territory. You don't know that ground. You don't know those mountains. You don't know those valleys. And so to go find out where the game is, you know, where you can feed yourself is going to be a little more challenging. Those first opening ones is you're 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 counting on the people around you to kind of help you out, and hopefully they do. But at some point, that pool of people is going to run out, and you're going to be going out, and you got to hunt. And so then it, it it becomes a little tougher. Great question. Very good. Very good. I did have another one here. Um, advice for opening a shop. I was thinking that maybe we can uh, relate that to uh, savings and purchases. Absolutely. Uh, same exact thing. I'm going to take and I'm going to do a budget for it. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm gonna, right now is that we're going through a period we've, man, we've had it's milk and honey is we've had such an amazing 12 years is that um, COVID hit a lot of businesses, but our service businesses was not one of them. You know, restaurants, some restaurants thrived, other ones really struggled. Right. Uh, but in our in our industries in the aftermarket you know automotive side of things man no uh, it, it it built a lot of people up we we had we spoke to over 100 people last week at events i'm going to say 80 or 90 percent of them started up over the covid period you know they're pretty young entrepreneurs they've done well they've got you know hundred some of them had a hundred thousand dollar vans problem is, is we've got a whole generation of entrepreneurs that have never seen an economic slowdown and so 
my concern is, is that are they, they've been smart entrepreneurs. Were they smart enough to put money aside and were they smart enough to keep debt down? If they did that, which probably I'm going to guess 80% of them didn't is 80% is going to go. Now I don't see it as a, I mean, it's, it's unfortunately people are going to get hurt. Um, but if you're going to open up a shop is that you've, in my estimate, if you want to play it safe and above the board, have one year worth of expenses set aside before you even look at signing that, that lease is a minimal of six months, but six months of money is probably going to turn into three months. A, a year of, of savings is probably going to turn into six months is that you're going to burn through some marketing. When things slow down, you're going to, you're going to have a little bit of a, Oh shit moment. And you're going to start flooding, flooding, flooding social media and, and local advertising and spend some of that hard-earned savings on trying to get your your business uh, back up and running uh, strongly. And so um, you can't have enough savings. And so the other thing is look for a good location. It doesn't have to be a Main Street location. Uh, triple net's a bad thing. Try to stay away from the triple net leases. Um, that can really get you. If you don't know what it is, go in and Google it. Um, I never really cared for triple triple net. I had one of my shops that was a triple net. I never did it again. Is the pass throughs were unreal. They put a new roof on our building one year, and we had to pay twenty thousand dollars. Each shop had to pay twenty grand. I'm like, where did that come out of? You know, and I, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest because I didn't want it to take my credit as I made payments on that twenty grand for about a year after we moved out of the shop. Is because they had me and a triple net. I just didn't know any better. I was young, didn't know any better. That's why should have gone. I thought I was a young, you know, I knew it all and, and this and that. And I just didn't. And I got suckered by the leasing agent and said, Oh man, this is common. You can't hear here in, in Southern California. You're not going to find a shop without triple net. They're all around me. They're all around me. They saw me young and took advantage of it. You know? So that was that their fault. Bad, bad, bad. Well, I wouldn't operate that way, but you know what? No shame on me. Shame goes to me for not knowing better and for rushing onto it and not getting some advice. But I know a lot of people think, man, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of risk. And so, you know, is that, you know, six to 12 months of savings, find a good lease, go to the smaller shop to begin with. You don't need a huge shop, you know, and, unless you need a huge shop. You know, if you're, you're doing PPF, you're doing a lot of coatings, you got a big, you know, you're churning, churning and burning. Uh, that's one thing. But, you know, most, most of us aren't. We did over a million dollars a year out of, of a 1,200 square foot shop. It was tiny. It was inconvenient. I would have loved to have a bigger shop, but I didn't want to take the risk. It, it's we're going I think we're going into a period where we're going to start we're going to start seeing some self-correction on this economy and we're going to see a little rougher waters and it's it's going to teach some people some lessons hard hard lessons very cool well I think that's all I had question wise on the topic cool. so well good well this was fun so um you know it's it's uh it's a big topic. Like I said, if you have any questions, email at Rennie at DetailingSuccess.com. That's the best way to get it over to us. Uh, again, man, share this, share the podcast. You know, we love comments. Put it on there. You, you, you see, uh, we want to thank uh, PNS Double Black for, for uh, helping us make these things happen every week. We want to thank you guys for coming in, our students, for the five-day, you know, and sitting through this. Hopefully, I saw you guys taking some notes. Here's the other thing is that I am 40 years into my entrepreneurship is when I come out at an event, it's funny because we were at an event um, last year, or no, this year, this year, earlier this year. And um, I'm sitting around, I'm, I, I go up to this young entrepreneur I know, and I had a notebook with me. I had a pen with me. I never traveled without a notebook and pen, right? And I go, wow, what did you think out of that? And he goes, eh, I didn't really learn anything. And he goes, what did you think? And I said, I took two pages of notes. And he goes, really, you think that guy offered some? I said, he offered a lot. You just didn't see it. 
Yeah, zero notes. I don't know how somebody can go into an educational program and not take notes. I just don't. Just, just don't. I had to learn that lesson the hard way. I was at a meeting one day, and I had a business opportunity, and I was around a lot of older, more sophisticated, knowledgeable people, right? And it was a serious opportunity. And I didn't take any notes. And the guy, the main guy this opportunity is with is he goes, where's your, where's your notes? I said, oh, it's right here. And he says, bullshit, you're out of the group. You don't have an opportunity for this. Kick me out. Boy, did I learn from that. And the reason why is because you're not going to retain. You know, you're not going to retain it. And he was looking for somebody that was going to take and, and, and engage at a higher level. And I wasn't ready for that higher level yet. I thought I was, but I wasn't. And from that point on, I didn't, I never go anywhere without a notebook and a pen. And I've got, I do everything in, sh in Sharpie and in fine point Sharpie. And so, and then I highlight, I'm a note taking fool, you know, books, my books are completely marked up, man, just constantly. So, all right, man. Hey guys, uh, gals, have a good day. And uh, Chris, uh, we'll see you when we see you. And other than that, uh, it's good to be back. And again, thanks for all the contact support. Uh, we really appreciate y'all. Have a powerful week, all, and we will see you uh, on the backside. We'll uh, next week. We are up in. Probably should mention that we are up in the greater Sacramento area, so we're hosting three events uh, next week. So check us out on social media if you're up in Northern California. Come join us, uh, Bob and Dave, for the uh, IDA Hall of Fame. You can see it on my shirt here. Didn't mention that earlier, but uh, if you're IDA member, uh, let's make help help make that happen. They're good guys, and uh, we want to support yeah. them. So. Yeah, as a, as a result of next week's uh, traveling, uh, we'll be skipping next week's podcast again. It um, just won't be able to make it happen, but yeah, maybe we'll be back after that. We will. We're just going through a. Uh, it's been. I did the the math. Is uh, we in the last ten weeks, we've basically been doing an average of two events a week, spending two. So it's been it's been you know we're these are give back uh, events though. You know, it's events I feel that we're really making an impact. Uh, within our communities and within the uh, the detailing industry, and 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 so it's important. But we've been going hard and fast, and uh, glad that we can do it. So, uh, you guys all take care, and God bless, and we'll see you on the backside. Thanks for listening to the Rennie Doyle podcast, brought to you by Detailing Success and PNS Double Black. Listen to new episodes weekly, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to share with your friends and colleagues. 